This is the best of JB for breakfast. Only on 92.9. Hey, this sounds like a bad joke, but do you uh, hear... I mean, that's what you do all the time. Do you hear about the Iranian man, uh, the dirtiest man in the world? And he had a shower. He had a shower and died. See, How it does sound like a joke, doesn't it? It does. This is true, though. Uh, I think it's Amul Haji who was dubbed the world's dirtiest man, gave up washing 67 years ago. Wow. After becoming convinced that it would bring him bad luck and eventually kill him. Well, he wasn't wrong. It's understood (laughs) that Haji was otherwise healthy, despite reports... Now, this is where I think the story's... It's embellished a little bit, I like to think. I think the guy's been given a bit more of a a, a godlike messiah behind him when I don't... uh, I think this is a little made up. It said that he apparently ate raw roadkill and drank dirty water from Surely puddles. Not. No. Like, sure, I, I know, like, Iran is obviously not the greatest conditions and stuff there, but I can't imagine raw roadkill. Would you at least cook it if be... you're going to eat roadkill? Yeah, surely. But then again, he probably didn't have stuff to make fire. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So, unless he's like, Jesus seems Christ, little, the second coming. It's, it seems, <laughs> seems a little far-fetched. Anyway, his neighbours persuaded him to have a shower a few months ago, after which local officials confirmed he then became ill and he's sadly passed away earlier this week. Mm. Neighbours acted after hearing that he was lonely and that not washing made it difficult for him to make friends. So uh, they tried was, to help him and they essentially killed him. Yeah, pretty much. It's crazy. Um, experts interested in studying his health recorded that despite his lack of personal hygiene and diet of uh, supposedly eating decaying meat and unsterilized water and apparently smoking pipes filled with animal manure and eating uncooked porcupine no roadkill. No way. There's no way. He was largely unencumbered <sighs> with disease or parasites. The Tehran University of Medical Science School of Public Health Associate Professor of Parasitiology. Oh, that's a big word. I was bloody hell. <laughs> Put that, imagine Par- the, parasitiology? You need the uh, A4 piece of paper for the business card for that one. <laughs> they apparently carried out tests on him, checking him for parasites, various forms of hepatitis and other infections and diseases. And otherwise, he's good. They said the development of his strong immune system could have been a key to his relatively good health. That's fair. That's fair. It was like when Ali was a baby, she'd pick something off the floor and eat it. And you'd be like, you know what? Building the immune system. Exactly and right. And touch wood, I'm going to jinx myself now. She doesn't really get that sick. Good. She's got I've, an... I've jinxed it. I'll get a call from the daycare later, I bet you. So, sorry if we're getting a bit <laughs> personal here, but like any allergies or anything like no. that either? No. no. See? Yeah. Um. But please bath her more than every 67 years. Oh, she gets a bath every night, don't you worry. Amaji Hajid. (laughs) Um, Now, reports indicate that he was 94 at the time of his death, although earlier reports claim that he was 87. So regardless, I mean, he's He's on a bit. He's on a bit. So whether the shower that he finally had after 67 years is related to his death or natural causes, who knows? Maybe it's like the old cars, you know, cobwebs keeping old cars together. Maybe all the dirt and mud was keeping him together. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. I and know. a good scrub, and he Dev just fell apart. Yeah, he's he's gone. <laughs> Poor yeah. guy. Or maybe maybe he had a good like three course Michelin star uh, dinner one night, and, and that his might body's have like this is poison. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where's the the 
the the porcupine roadkill and the pipes full of animal manure oh. for you to smoke into your lungs. See, that's what I mean. It seemed a little far fetched with that. Very Once it got to the smoking of the animal manure, I went, nah, come on. Yeah. Get out of here. Too busy sleeping during the week and miss JB? I don't blame you. Here's some of the best bits now on 92.9. This is the best of JB for breakfast. Only on 92.9. And JB here, thanks to Nathan and all the team at Country Auto's GWM Havel. The Crindai Silo Art Project has been years in the making, but we've got some amazing progress on it this week with the artists arriving in town. And tell us a bit more about the project. It's Robert Lewis from their organising committee. How are you, Robert? Hi, JB. You could say we're on the light side of the moon at the moment. <laughs> you it's are absolutely <laughs> fantastic, as you say. Yes, our artist, Peter Ryan has arrived from Western Australia. Um, last week he was in the telethon there that raised over $10 million and a piece of his artwork was auctioned for $26,000. So um, Incredible. my league, JB. Yeah. Um, but he's now painting our silos. He started yesterday. Um, he's starting to put the undercoat on and it's very, very exciting. So it's all underway. It's all happening. Um, by the way, if you haven't seen Peter Ryan's artwork, it is absolutely amazing. I, I saw the uh, the piece that he put up for the, the telethon that got auctioned off and just remarkable. And that led me to all his other pieces. He's such a brilliant artist. The artwork is just so vibrant and it just stands out. And it's perfect, I imagine, for something that you're going to put into a, a like a giant canvas the size of those silos that you're working with. JB, we're going to put you on our publicity team. That's absolutely <laughs> amazing. Yes, his piece of work, Dreamcatcher, is just, it's, it's stunning. Yeah, yeah. Um, And that's why we selected Peter. He, we, we had a number of extremely uh, talented artists from across the world um, apply to do the silos, but Peter's work was just so different yeah. um, and so vibrant, as you say. Um, so, yes, he's, he, he'll be here for the next eight weeks. Yep. Um, and during the time that he's here, he's doing some workshops with the high school and the primary school and co community as well. Fantastic. Um, he's being assisted by a local artist, Kate Rutter. Yes. Uh, from Corindai, who's already done some street art in Corindai. Yes. And then by an artist from um, uh, Victoria as well, who's coming up for a number of weeks to assist him in the project. So uh, it's all go, and it's even more exciting than that because we've also got our light show company uh, coming up from the 4th till the 8th of November because we're putting a light show on in the evening as well. Yes. And we'll be the, um, the only silo in Australia uh, to have both a mural during the day and a light show at night that enhances the mural. Uh, they're coming up from the 4th till the 8th of November to do some testing. And then on um, Sunday, the 6th of November, they're going to be running a, a public meeting at Corindai High School at 2 o'clock for any members of the public to come along, see what sort of work they've been doing, see the work that they've already done on the silos, uh, and have their say in what should be on the content uh, of the light show. And then that evening at 7.30, they're going to put a light show onto the silos for the public to have a look at, which will be absolutely amazing. And we encourage everybody to come along. And um, people will be able to have their say again on uh, on the quality of the work and also on um, what they think should be in the content. So, yes, it's very, very exciting. 
Now, the main question I've been asked a thousand times over is what is the painting being painted on the silo? That is, of course, the biggest kept secret in the region, isn't it, Robert? It certainly is, JB. <laughs> yes, that's the million-dollar million question. And, uh, yes, I'm about to unveil to you exactly what is going to be painted on there over the next eight weeks. Yes. Um, so we've uh, deliberately uh, not revealed what that is because we want people um, around the whole of the region to come to Corindai and have a look and come and have a look a number of times and see the painting actually develop. Yeah. Uh, so to be able to share in the excitement of what's going to be there. All I can say to people is that um, Peter's artwork will tell the story of the region, uh, the traditions, the history, the present, and look into the future as well. No, I love it. It's all meant to be... When's the artwork going to be completed? When's the silo all wrapped up? A little bit after Christmas? Is that going to be the likely date? Weather permitting, it will yes. be before Christmas. It yep. will be eight weeks from today Yeah. Um, that it should be finished, but um, that will depend, yeah. as I say, on the weather. Uh, the light show um, will be finished by mid-January, yep. and we're having our official opening on January the 27th. Fantastic. Excellent. Um, the day after um, Australia Day. Just before day, you go, awesome. JB, no, I'd like right. to thank everybody who's assisted us, but particularly Kevin Anderson, uh, who's done an amazing job for us in supporting us. Um, and it's been wonderful. And Kevin's recognised that this is a community project, which the whole of the community has got behind here in Corindai. That that's exactly right. That is it, it, it. That that's exactly it. I mean, it's a fantastic district and amazing for tourism and keep the uh, community of Corindai vibrant and lively so it's it's a fantastic project to get behind and we're proud to uh to play our part robert thank you so much for the chat we will definitely chat again over the next eight weeks and in the lead up to that official opening in january jb that's fantastic and thank you for your support you've been fantastic as too well. busy sleeping during the week and miss jb i don't blame you here's some of the best bits now on 92.9 this is the best of jb for breakfast only on 92.9 there's, they've invented a, a, a speed laundry robot. So does it do the laundry? doesn't do the laundry. It folds your laundry for you. Now People I, fold their laundry? Apparently. They I'm don't not, just leave it sitting on the spare bed uh, and in just the grab ba- the... In the basket. The, the yeah, bed robe? The, yeah, the floor robe. <laughs> not just the floor robe, but my house is the bed robe. <laughs> yeah, nah, I, I'm, I'm floor dumper. Uh, That's what I am. I also I'm dump it on top of the dryer slobbery. as well. I take it out of the dryer <laughs> and then just dump it there. <laughs> um, so apparently in robotics, this is something new you learn every day, but apparently in robotics, trying to get a robot to fold items that sounds is really difficult. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's apparently very complicated. And Honda invented a robot about 20 years ago that could fold laundry but it took about 15 to 20 minutes per garment to fold it. Wow. Because it would literally analyse the size of the item, do the folding, analyse it JB again. JB is doing the actions, not that anyone can see it. Then <laughs> do the next fold, analyse it again. Oh, wow. And then fold it. They made this speed... Well, I was, was going to say that 20 years ago, though. Technology's come a long way. Well, indeed it has, because this brand new speed laundry robot has won the Robotics Laundry Folding Championships of 2022. Did it beat a person? No, it didn't oh. beat a person, but it beat, beat other robots okay. from other robot manufacturers. Well, this is the thing, laundry folding robots, and they're having competitions. They do indeed. That's how important this is for the future <laughs> of robotics, is getting them to fold laundry.
though they have competitions for this now. Uh, and this speed folding uh, robot can now fold a garment in three minutes. Wow. Okay. Which isn't all that speedy, really. But I mean, when um, you compare it with twenty minutes, it's pretty good. That's progress. I, I'm still twenty trying years. To... Twenty years of progress. We've gone from twenty minutes to three minutes. Give it another twenty years, and it'll be down to it'll about like, the same boom. speed as us. Yeah. So then... we totally need laundry folding robots. <laughs> I, I, I'd buy one. <laughs> I'd get one. Clean up my floor. I don't go out of my way right now to buy one. No. But in 20 years' time, when they can fold one in 60 seconds... And look, you know what? They'll probably be like 50 bucks. Exactly. That's right. Yep. They'll be dirt cheap. The price that you and I now <laughs> buy disposable cheap appliances, you'll be able to get a cheap laundry yep, like robot to do it for you. Exactly. Yep. That's it. Exactly. Because they See? were thousands Progress. of dollars years ago, yeah. and I think I got mine for 200 yeah, or GPSs. They used to be like a thousand dollars. They used to be a futuristic thing, and now we got you know you got them in your phone now. I know. So oh. laundry folding robots will have that, and then no longer can people have a whinge about not being able to fold their fitted sheets because you can get the laundry robot to do that for you. <laughs> Although maybe do it they just do stuff them. them in the linen cupboard? <laughs> no, nobody else just stuffs them in there, and then when you open the door, everything falls out. Imagine if they trained the laundry folding <laughs> robot to do that. So. The T-shirts, it folds. Pants, it folds. Everything else, it folds. You give it a fitted sheet, it just crumples that up into a, a ball and, and throws, throws it in it. the cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. I'd buy two of them. Too busy sleeping during the week and miss JB? I don't blame you. Here's some of the best bits now on 92.9. This is the best of JB for breakfast. Only on 92.9. We're doing this morning best coffee. Mm-hmm. And well done, Campgrounds, the winner of best coffee in our region as well. well. It's done. a very yeah, yeah, well done. It's a very t- it's a tight race. It's a there's a lot of coffee shops. It, Big competition. There was a lot. There was mm. over about twenty individual businesses that were nominated wow. for this. Came down to a four way four way battle between Zarafas, Timo, I heard that this morning, yep. Coffee Run, mm-hmm. and Campgrounds. The winners mm-hmm. for the second year in a row. But this was really interesting. I was listening to a radio station last week in the United Kingdom, mm-hmm. as you do, as you and. Do. <laughs> They they had the, the coffee shop next door to the radio station, which I can imagine that's a license to print money. <laughs> right, Cha-ching. A license to print money having a coffee shop next door to a radio 100%. station. Yeah, they've got a um, it, it's like a a subscription deal for the coffee shop. What? I kid you not, I don't know if I'm going to ruin a business model here for Uh-oh. Australia, but I've never heard this. This is apparently a big thing in the UK. Yeah. You pay, yeah. I think it was £30 a month. Right. And you get unlimited coffees for the month, five per day maximum, with wow. an hour gap between each coffee. So you're not allowed, you so, can't you can't right. go there and skull five back to back you can't chain drink okay you have to have an hour gap between them and a maximum of five per day right but you can drink as many coffees as you like for that 30 pounds a month that's a de- that's a deal that's a good deal yeah yeah Do I just drink a, a lot of coffee? i know and <laughs> it's just a rolling subscription that's... so it's like netflix yeah. or any of those subscription things so... but for the cafe that's all. That's yeah, right. Phenomenal. You don't have to have one coffee a day. Yeah, every day. Yeah, and that's like that's and a, you. Yeah, that's a dollar. <laughs> that's a dollar a coffee when you break down like that. It was Any thirty pounds. Any coffee shops want to do that? Anyone? It's a ripper. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. So, and, you know, that's a good deal. Typical Brits are analysing it like it was going out of fashion. They're like, oh, I bet it's because <laughs> of them lost leaders. They give away the coffee like that, but then they overcharge on the bagels or <laughs> the. What, what do they eat over in England? They, 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 on the black 
pudding. You know what I mean? And they're running the dippy eggs. The dippy eggs. You know what eggs. I mean? Yeah, That's well. what they're doing it. So, well, but yeah, I think it's a great idea. That's a fantastic idea. It's so simple, but it's brilliant. I need some, a coffee shop here to do that. Some businessman's listening out like there I at the moment say, who's not no, no, going, much, much more better at accounts than us going, that's a terrible idea. No wonder the British economy is running how it is at the moment if that's what they're doing. Overcharging on coffee, no matter they're in the struggle they're in. Oh, totally. The businesses, no. Consumer, yes. But I I think it's great. I love it. Sign up for that tomorrow. For sure. By the way, I know I blindsided you on Friday with Liz Truss out. Yeah, right. I had Um, to then go and check it all out. They've got got a new PM now. I did see that. Oh, you saw that this morning. You're up to date. I've turned it on. (laughs) I am switching on. I am watching stuff. Guys, like, whenever I have to come down the studio with JB now, I have to learn all about the world. The pop quiz. In half an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Smash quiz in 30 minutes. What's he going to ask me? It's like going on Jeopardy. I don't know. (laughs) Too busy sleeping during the week and miss JB? I don't blame you. Here's some of the best bits now on 92.9. This is the best of JB for breakfast. Only on 92.9. This guy has performed in Tamworth on multiple occasions and he's coming back next week live at Trek on Tuesday night from Australian Idol. If you, It's hard to believe 20, nearly 20 years ago. I'm just going to make it an even number and say it's 20 years ago. The one and only Guy Sebastian. Guy, thank you so much for your time. Hard to believe that it has been... 20 years since you won Aussie Idol. Guy, do you kind of feel like in some aspects you've grown up in front of us, in front of our eyes? Yeah, I think in many ways as well. You know, not not just obviously age-wise. I think just, you know, I've, I think people, uh, they're, they're so invested and so um, so on board with, with, you know, my life and, and, and you know, as far as pe- people who have... Um, been in my corner and my supporters and, and fans and things like that because I think they were literally invested in me at the start. Like yeah. uh, I think coming through Idol, um, y- you've got people who are literally voting so that they, they paying fifty five cents to vote and yeah. um, and so they they have actually invested into me as a person and me as an artist and um, given me that opportunity and I think there's always on my part this massive feeling of, of gratitude and um, almost this drive to, to make sure I make good of um, that investment into me. And I know it's been 20 years, but it's never left me. I, I don't know what it is. I think there's this real feeling of gratitude coming through that process. And um, But I've had... You know, I've had a, a, a lot of sort of life happen in that time and, and um, being a public person, you sort of like... You, I think you make a decision whether you want to be really private with that or, or um, you know, and I think that's just based on your personality. I've always been a pretty open person and, and uh, I feel like I haven't really hidden much at yeah. all, you know, like I've been yeah. a fairly open book and, and wanted to share my life and, and uh, I reckon it stems from that, um, that process, that gratitude. You've worked with some amazing, remarkable artists um, internationally over the years. Eve, John Mayer, Jordan Sparks, Robin Thicke. How does that all come about? Do you kind of just randomly find them in Los Angeles, hanging out at a recording studio and do stuff? Or how how do you do that? Well, it is random. I mean, I, I just, you know, like I said, I just was overseas and I was in Nashville 
songwriting and, um, you know, you just bump into people and you meet people or, you um, you know, you might meet someone who who's like a, a, a fan of your stuff and you had no idea and you're a fan of their stuff and, and um, you know, or I'm on a writing camp in Bali, for example, and there was a whole bunch of other artists and I, I jumped in with one of the other artists to songwrite and, and we ended up doing a duet and... and so, yeah, it, it, look, it happens pretty randomly. Or, like, for example, Battle Scars. These battle scars don't look like they're fading. Don't look like they're ever gone away. Like, I wrote that pretty much in my car. Like, the idea came, I pulled over and, and you know, this idea that jumped into my head, I recorded into my phone and then... I arrived at the studio later and I thought, oh, my gosh, Lupe Fiasco would be perfect for that. But, you know, the, the Adelaide kid in me at times, especially in the past, now I feel like it's open slather, like the, the, the world's your oyster, and that only comes about from things happening that you never thought would. And so, for example, the Lupe thing, I was like, Lupe would be amazing. I was I was obsessing on his album. I think it was Lasers at the time, his yeah. album. And, and I thought, oh, I'll... Look, I'll just reach out. I'll, I'll send it to his team and see if they're into it. And I literally heard back from him personally like two days later. He, <laughs> he came back and he was like, oh, man, I'm in love with this song. I I, I have to jump on this song. I'm, I'm there in two days for this um, wow. festival called Superfest. So, you know, it's like random timing like that. And he was here two days later and he's in my studio. And, and it was just me and him. It was meant studio. to be. Yeah, so it was, you know, these things kind of just happen organically. And I, I think it always stems from a song. I've always said, you know, even when I'm on The Voice and I'm mentoring, people overthink stuff. They try and get massive on TikTok or they try and, um, and, and, and that, TikTok's incredibly powerful. Yeah. But I always tell them without a song, you're nothing. It's like being a tradie with no tools. Like your your song is your absolute tool, and and um and that's your vehicle to to for your message. It's your vehicle for what you want to say as an artist, and um it's all about the song. And so it's funny because if the song is right, you you, you never know. And Adele might he, hear a demo from her A and R team and yeah. and be like, oh, I don't know who this random Canadian person is or this random <laughs> you know Filipino <laughs> artist is. I'm, I'm going to jump on it because it's an incredible song. And so, yeah, it's definitely the most powerful tool. Hey, I'm chatting with Guy Sebastian. And speaking of the power of song, I want to have a chat with you about the backstory behind choir. So I'll do that right after this here at 92.9, having a chat with Guy Sebastian this morning. Too busy sleeping during the week and miss JB? I don't blame you. Here's some of the best bits now on 92.9. This is the best of JB for breakfast. Only on 92.9. JB here at 92.9 having a chat with Guy Sebastian who's performing at Trek on Tuesday night. Guy Sebastian, I love the song Choir. And I love the backstory behind it. I mean, it's such a catchy anthemic kind of song but it does have a very deep and serious backstory behind it and I imagine that is like the ultimate peak for a songwriter to tackle a really serious topic but do it in a way that's really uplifting you've got to be pretty proud of that I imagine yeah absolutely and I think it's more the after effect of a song because yeah. you know you're constantly reminded of the power of a song and a song like Choir, um, I mean, I sang it last night at a charity 
golf day for our foundation. And, yeah. and you, you get this real mixed room of, um, you know, people who, who come up to me afterwards and they're like, oh, I just wanted to let you know, Kaya, you know, I played it at, at my dad's funeral or, I, I, um, or you know, I lost my mate. And, and so there's all these stories that come along and it means something different to every person. But um, it, 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 people don't see the stages of the songwriting. Like when I, when I wrote Choir, originally it was a ballad. And um, it, it, I, I started this ballad and, and the, the, the verse was completely different. The choir was kind of almost the same. Uh, sorry, the, the chorus was almost the same. And uh, it, I got to the end of that night and, and I went, well, this is it's about Luke. Luke, he would hate a ballad. He, I, I almost imagined him... Um, playing the song because we we would play on stage a lot together and almost imagined him bored of this stroppy ballad um, especially if it was for him because he he was such a hilarious guy he almost always brought so much joy to the room and so I was like I need to make this fun I need to make it a celebration of him instead of you know something that I'm going to ball up you know and cry every time I sing so um I'm, I'm glad it had that term, but but yeah, look, it's exciting debuting new songs as well. I I, um, I just made a phone call actually to um, to my band and, and sent them a song that I wrote on this trip, which I, I think it's probably one of my best um, love songs I've ever written. Yeah. I wrote it for my wife. Um, it was her birthday, and she was away, and I um, well, I, I was obviously away on this trip. It had been so long, and. Um, I hadn't got her anything, so I, I thought oh, I'll write her a song today and demo it and send it send it to her. And by the time she wakes up with the time difference, it'll match up perfectly. <laughs> and um, it's one of my favourite songs I've ever written, I think. But I'm going to debut it on this upcoming tour. No, oh, fantastic! That's amazing. You've come to Tamworth a fair few times now. Um, you you come here often, um, and we love having you come back here. If people haven't come to a Guy Sebastian concert. What can they expect from it? A whole bunch of fun, I imagine, for starters. Well, I think with this one, because there was so much time to prepare for it, you know, it kept getting postponed because the COVID venues kept shutting down. So I kept having to postpone it. So we just sunk so much time into it. So the, the, um, I think when we toured in the, in the, bigger cities we've got these big stages you know I was playing in arenas and and uh, you know from Margaret Court to the big ICCs here and um so we we had a pretty massive stage massive screens and the challenge has actually been you know how, how can we fit all of this stuff in these regional <laughs> venues and yes. um Tamworth is the biggest um it's kind of the biggest uh, stage that we've got on the whole run so yeah. um you know, I, I think it, the the content that we came up with, I think people will be um, really into just because I, I feel like it's really artistic and, we, you know, we spent a lot of time creating content. When I say content, I mean stuff on the screens, the visual part of the show, yeah. which is I think it's so important because there's certain ways I feel, you know, through the notes that are being played and the melodies that are being sung, but it's the visual behind it in a live setting that I think really add to it. And, and so we've gotten really creative with those. We've done, obviously, quite a lot of choreography and stuff like that with, with you know, my band. And, and I've got Gary and Carmen, who I've been singing with. You know, a lot of my band I've been playing with for 20 years. So um, it's just fun. I, I, um, I think it's just, you know, it's a mixture of, of just a whole lot of fun and a whole lot of soul and... Um, 
yeah, the band is is just on fire. I, I, I never get tired of playing with the band because every show is different. They just pull stuff out where I'm just <laughs> marvelling at their musicianship. But um, yeah, it's just great to be on the road again. And I'm sure for people, especially regionally, yeah. who've missed out on music, live music for so long, it's good to to be hitting those centres again. Hey, guy, I know you're very busy, so I appreciate your time and looking forward to your Tamworth show on Tuesday, November 1. Thank you so much for the chat. Thanks. Thanks so much. Too busy sleeping during the week and miss JB? I don't blame you. Here's some of the best bits now on 92.9.